Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Nancy P. I'm from West Newton, Massachusetts, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 13th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page uh, XXVIII, page 28, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, to them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one, through two sentences ending, drinks which they see others taking with impunity, reading and commenting on these two sentences only. Today's readers are Crystal P., Lisa H., and Reva P. Terry J. is reading the 12 Steps, and Joni C. is reading the 12 Traditions. Susan S.H. is the newcomer greeter, and Barbara P. is the host for the second hour. The reference numbers for Tuesday, April 12th, are 7 a.m., 18,830, that's 18830, and 10 a.m., 18,831-18831. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues for, or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, AA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from Compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry J. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Terry J. in Michigan reading the 12 steps, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Terry J. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Joni C. reading the 12 Traditions. Um, uh, gratefully recovered from Minnesota. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Let's problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from, prime, from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and the OA name ought never be drawn into com- public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day. Thank you, Joni C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page XXVII, page 28, and the fourth paragraph, beginning with, to them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one, through two sentences only, ending with, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. I will now ask Crystal P. to begin reading. Crystal? To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented, unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. Hi, good morning. This is Crystal P., recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. 
for me, my alcoholic life was the only normal one. I, I, do, I really did not understand how other people lived the way that they lived, how they just ate normal portions of food or one, you know, <clears throat> one order of, you know, fast food one, every month or something and, you know, one uh, cookie or things like that. I just, those were just not quantities or ways of living that made any sense to me at all. And by the time I came into program, you know, this, this cycle of addiction had gotten so small on me that there were no, my whole life was one big spree. You know, there was, there was no time lapse between feeling things and then eating things. It was just all one big spree. There were no promises. It was just, I knew every morning that I woke up, I was going to binge today, tomorrow, the day after. It didn't matter if it was the weekend, the weekday, my birthday, it really, none of it mattered. I was going to eat and I knew it. And I had decided to do that. And and food was not even loud at that point. There was, there was no need for food to be loud. It would just be a silent whisper at the end of every single day. You know, it'd be so great. You could stop at this store and you could pick this up. And I just knew I was going to do it. Um, that was the only normal way for me to live. And this feeling of restlessness, irritable and discontented. I always, you know, I, I would always hear people say that, you know, when you eat when you're stressed or you eat when you're sad. And, and I'm so grateful because I learned in program that I didn't eat when I was stressed or sad. I, I ate all the time. It literally did not matter what was going on externally. I was always irritable, restless and discontented because I couldn't handle any, any feelings at all. And my only way to deal with them was to numb them. I needed an anesthetic, and that's what food provided. That sense of even comfort was actually just an anesthetic. It made me numb, and it gave me a sense of safety. And I, I, I didn't know how to live without that. And I would see other people eat for comfort. They would feel sad. They'd you know, grab a bucket of ice cream. They'd eat it and never look at it again, and they're fine. Uh, but for me, the moment I pick up that food, I can't touch a single a single cookie, a single teaspoon, any of it, because it, it because of how it reacts in me. And so today, I have I, what the steps give me is a way to live with a restless, irritable, and discontented mind. Um, it removes that restlessness, uh, irritability, and discontentedness, and replaces it because now I have a uh, a relationship with God. And so my mind is not that intolerable place that it used to be. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Sorry about that. I couldn't unmute. Thank you, Crystal P. Um, okay, so now we'll move on to sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Monday or Tuesday of this week, we ask that you step back and let somebody else have a go. So um, who would like to share today? Susan Reva P. Reva F. Rick, Abby S. Tara L. Rick, wait, 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 wait. Rick, um, Tina, Dara. Hiya, Jennifer. Um, Jennifer. Amy L. Amy. Did I hear an Did Abby too, or was it Amy? Christina. No, thank you. Okay. Susan S. Okay. Hiya, Susan P. S. H. Okay, hi, P. All right, we'll stop there. This is who I have. Reva P., 
Rick J, Tina L, I think, Dara L, Jennifer C, Amy, you'll have to give me your initial, Christina um, L, I think, Susan S.H., and Chaya P. Okay, Reva, take it away. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, I have to smile because I have lots of experience with the RIDS, restless, irritable, and discontent. So this paragraph is really pivotal for me because it explains why I'm so doomed. Um, It explains the vicious cycle, you know, between the allergy of the body and the mind that drives me back to the thing that I'm allergic to. But what strikes me so much is this, the first symptom of untreated compulsive overeating for me is the RIDS. And for me, this is beyond the jitters, the physiological jitters that come when I'm detoxing and coming off all those chemicals that are in the you know, ingredients and foods and some of the behaviors that I indulged in. This is beyond the jitters. This is what happens when I'm only treating the physical allergy and I'm not treating um, the stuff in my mind, which is the greater aspect of the disease. I get really cranky, irritable, anxious, scared, um, and I'm a nervous wreck, um, and I need ease and comfort. Um, And, you know, this is also showing me the food does for me what it doesn't do for other people because I get the ease and comfort. I get that numbing factor. I just need to numb out. I could not tolerate feelings. Um, I couldn't get through an intense feeling. I had to escape. I had to numb out. It was just, it felt intolerable. Um, it felt like I was, my skin was going to crack in half. Um, I didn't have um, access to any kind of power resource um, for that ease and comfort, and, and food really did the trick. Um, so, you know, this is something, I only have a 24-hour reprieve. So this is not like a one-and-done thing. Every 24 hours, if I'm only treating my physical allergy and not paying attention to the other part of the disease, to the ism, um, and I'm not accessing power that gives me ease and comfort, I'm going to look for ease and comfort from the food or anywhere else. Um, And I'll tell you, living in the RIDS is an awful way to live, and it seems like the only normal one. It seems like based on my twisted perception and my selfishness that you know, life is the way it is, which results in all that restless, irritable discontent. And only by doing the steps and accessing this power can I have a whole new perception, um, a whole new way. And I don't even need the food because I've, I've, I've got my peace. I've got my peace from the true source. And with that, I pass Thank you, Reva P. Rick J., you're up, followed by Tina L. Hey, good morning, Nancy. My name is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive over here in Cary, North Carolina. The, uh, the alcoholic life seems the only normal one, and uh, it was normal for me to uh, to be in this emotional agony that I lived in constantly, 24-7. And, uh, you know, anytime I'd be thinking about my past, anything that happened yesterday and, and backwards, you know, there was just this cauldron of resentment, guilt, self-pity, 
and in thinking about my future, you know, coming up ahead, the fear and this paranoia, you know, and it was constant. It never eased up. So I constantly was seeking relief from that, like we've been sharing. Of course, I need some sort of relief. I can't function that way. Of course, I couldn't function being in my addiction either, but all I needed was a little respite, you know, just a little break, just something to stop it. And of course, you know, when I, when I was drinking, I would go for oblivion and I would try to get there into food as well, you know, and it takes a lot of food to, to enter oblivion. I can make the, the feelings go away just a little bit, but, uh, you know, I couldn't completely leave the planet, which is what I really wanted to do. And that, uh, you know, it's almost like that restlessness, the irritability, the discontent—that uh, was almost this frantic need to stop the pain. And I have to be aware now that you know, in recovery, uh, if I start feeling a bit restless, irritability, and discontent. Like what's going on inside of me now, where I need to connect with my higher power, and that's where I get my sense of ease and comfort. But there's a part of me, and it's my disease, that I the RID for me is now is uh, you know I'm a resistor, I'm an isolator, and I'm a disconnector. For some reason, there's a part of me that will resist that which works for me, and I start disconnecting my higher power and the people in my life you know and I'm isolated these things happen very quickly so I work this program I stay connected to my higher power because that's where my ease and comfort comes from even if I'm feeling uncomfortable or you know something going on in my day I have that knowledge and that trust in my higher power today that I used to not have and everything that is going on inside of me I have a 12-step program that gives me spiritual structure. Gentle reminder. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. Tina L., you're you're up, followed by Dara L. Thanks for your service, Nancy. I think you meet Tina S. Tina S., compulsive, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great couple sentences and what, what great shares. So so grateful to know that I'm in the right place doing the right thing on a daily basis. And, you know, I too love that first sentence. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one, you know. And so I, for a long time, I thought my normal was so abnormal, but that's all that I knew. You know, I knew I was different than other people, but I couldn't quite get a grip. And I thought there was somehow some way that I needed to change that. But, you know, I didn't have an idea about the disease. I didn't know about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. So certainly, I always ate my alcoholic foods. That's what I would gravitated to. So I was always having the, the comp- compulsion you know I was always craving it you know and so what I did you know I did this uh, binge and starve thing for many many years but it it couldn't last because I was irritable you know I was restless irritable and discontented for sure because I already had the, the alcoholic foods in my body you know so I was craving you know and and finally you know I just had to give in 
I just had to give in, you know. And then when I wasn't giving in, all I was doing was obsessing about it. So I wasn't living life, you know. And and then it says, and then there came that ease and comfort. For a long time, I thought, you know, I didn't have no ease and comfort. I just had misery. But prior to the misery, there was uh, that there was that moment. And I think Harlan talks about nine seconds or something. It's that long, you know. There's that moment of ease and comfort from that what's going on between my ears, just that moment. Then I'm in the hell, you know. Then I'm in the, the vicious cycle of do I eat it, don't I eat it, when do I eat it, where do I get it, all this stuff. And then I don't live my life. And I love that, you know, everybody ended their share with how they live today, you know. And I have a life today beyond my wildest dreams. And I always say this because it, it's what I thought when I first came in and I heard people say that I thought they were blown smoke. Well, let me just tell you, it's the truth. One day at a time, I'm free. If I don't put my alcoholic foods into my body, I don't have that allergic reaction. You know, I don't have that abnormal reaction. And I don't have that obsession of the mind. And so I have a food plan. I have a sponsor. I sponsor people who sponsor people. And I do this thing that I don't always want to do. But I love the results that I get. You know, one day at a time, I'm free from the allergy and the obsession. That'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Sorry about that, Tina S. And Dara L., you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Oh, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. And, um, yeah, so <laughs> normal. I mean, I had no illusion thinking that I was normal, binging and purging 12 times a day, like, you know, um, waking up with the shakes uh, in and out of institutions. But, I felt normal inside when I would binge and when I would purge. I felt normal on the inside, like that that sensation, that elusive sensation. Um, when I when I could feel it, when I could access it for just like a moment, just a glimmer, I felt like the noise went away. You know that external noise. And um, these sentences just remind me that like food, the eating disorder, it was never. The problem, it was the thing that took the problem of being me away for a moment, you know, for a glimmer. And, um, and you know, this is a really great reminder, that restlessness, that irritability, that discontentment, that's my untreated state as an addict. And I can feel that way, you know, as a recovered person, I can feel that way. Um, but what's gotten really interesting for me, I never, I never had any illusions that I was going to be normal like other people, but this program has helped me to have sort of normal, moderated human reactions. Like yesterday, I, um, I, I was upset about something, and I called my, my beautiful sponsor in this program, and I, like, and I cried a little bit and talked to her about it. And she was like, you know, you're, feeling, you're having a human feeling. And I was like, oh, that's what this is you know eureka because that's the thing like I didn't know how to do that I didn't have human emotions in proper proportion um but today you know I don't I never wanted to eat like other people I didn't understand the point you know if I saw someone eating an ice cream sundae just one I was like oh that sounds horrible you know I never had any desire to do that but where I can get tripped up still today you know as a recovered person is when I see other people acting out on their character defects with impunity. Because I want to do that. You know, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to lie a little. I want to be able to cheat a little. I want to be able to steal a little. But I can't do that stuff today. So, you know, I mean, I have no desire to eat what other people eat, um, eat how other people eat. You know, I had no desire to do that when I was 
uh, in the disease, and I have no desire to do that today. But I really, I, I can, I can still get petty and jealous about other people um, being able to act in the character defects with impunity, and I'm grateful for that because um, it keeps me going to God and and being reminded, you know, each and every day that like I have to practice these principles in in all my affairs, and that's how I know I'm different, you know, <laughs> bodily and mentally, because not everyone has to do that. Um, and I'll pass. Thanks so much your service. Thank you, Jarrett L. Um, Jennifer C., you're up, followed by Amy, and you'll have, Amy will have to give me her uh, um, last initial. Go ahead, Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. Uh, may I be heard? Yes. Okay, thank you. Good morning, Nancy. Thank you so much for your service. Um, restless, unable to relax as a result of anxiety or boredom. Pretty sure boredom was like my middle name before and still can be on any given day. Irritable tendency to be easily annoyed or made angry. Easily annoyed, agitated, um, discontent, dissatisfied with my own circumstances. Um, you know, in my life today, these are the things that I need so much unneeded. These are the things that I need to continue to watch for, right? Um, this is my spiritual malady. And this is the reason that I was willing to destroy myself with food. Oftentimes, most of the time, I knew what I was doing. I, kn I knew the boomerang was going to slice my neck. I didn't care. Because the restlessness, the irritability, and the discontentment was so painful that even logically, the, the, the consequences of picking up, quite frankly, the condition that I was in, it, 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 it seemed more painful, right? It seemed more painful than the aftermath of a binge. That's why I ate. It's not that I never weighed the pros and cons of both decisions. It's that I decided that it was more painful to sit in the discomfort that I was already in. I needed the relief from the self-centeredness. I needed it so badly. Um, my inability to relax, my tendency to get easily annoyed or critical of everything and everybody, like my discontentment, the I need more, right? Like this isn't enough. What I have today is not enough. I need more. I have the disease of more, right? Not just food addiction. I don't just have a food addiction. I have the disease of more. What's next, right? Like what's next? What's coming next? Is this it? Is this all there is? So that's my spiritual malady. And, you know, I've learned that the alcoholic is a, is a sick person, right? Not was. She is. <laughs> I still am. My tendency is to still look for ease and comfort and to find a medication for my boredom and my irritability and my dissatisfaction somewhere other than, than God. Um, and I'm so grateful that I have a program today to keep me disciplined with my thoughts and with my focus, because the more I align my motives with God through service and self-sacrifice, like for me, that's the medication, service and self-sacrifice. Gentle reminder. So that's how I enlarge my experience with God today. That's my medication. Um, the antidote for boredom, working with others, the bright spot, right? So thank you all for being here and thank you. Um, 
thank you for all your shares with that i pass thank you jennifer c amy uh amy l um it yes. looks like you're up next followed by christina l go right ahead amy yep go ahead Hi. Okay. Hi. This is Amy L. It's A I M E E. Um, I'm from Michigan, and I've been struggling for a bit. Just want to claim my seat today and kind of share what I've been what I've been going through lately. So, I've been starting to believe some of the lies that my disease has been telling me, such as um, I can overeat on my abstinent foods and so forth. And and I spoke about it before on this meeting. And over the weekend, I was over. I, I had a massive binge. I was overeating on my abstinent foods, and I was making chocolate chip cookies for work, and I thought I could just have one bite of the dough. Next thing I know, I ate probably half of it, and I felt horrible. I feel defeated. I feel like I can't believe I let this happen. Um, The self-loathing and everything is just something that is massive, and it's something that's real. Um, the difference between this time and every other time that I've done something like this, you know, in my pain ways and so forth is first thing I did is I let my husband know, I let my sponsor know, and um, I'm starting to work the steps again. Um, I made a lot of progress. I've lost 45 pounds so far. Amy, we lost you. Press star one. Okay, sorry. I don't my phone's doing something weird, but I'm not going to go back to where I was. I'm starting off new, and I'm starting off for today. So today is day one for me again, and I'm going to do this, and it's going to be good. With that, I pass. Thank you, Amy L. Uh, keep coming back, and please um, get some numbers, definitely, and um, A-I-M-E-E-L, and she's on the list. The membership list for for outreach. Okay, Christina L. followed by Susan S. H. Christina, go ahead. Christina L. Can I be heard? I think I can. You can. Yes, moderator, you're heard. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Uh, okay, if Christina L's not available, we'll go to Susan SH. Go right ahead, Susan. Okay. Hi, this is, this is Christina L. Oh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Christina, go ahead. We'll go to Susan next. Okay, thanks. Sorry about that. My call dropped right at the most opportune moment. Um, this is Christina L, recovered compulsive overeater from Florida, and... Um, I'm really glad we're breaking down these, this paragraph and stuff. And these two sentences are just bringing me back to two different um, memories. And the first memory is just before I came into program and probably when I was fairly new in program, like how in the world am I going to live without the food, um, without my substances that I was you know, always running to, to numb out and not feel what the heck was going on in my life. And um, prior to coming into OA, just coming to that place where I just was like completely hopeless and defeated of ever like even dieting again. Like I, I just, I just didn't have it in me to even do a diet anymore because they just didn't work. 
or they did work, but they didn't work for me because I am a compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, just like just sitting there in front of the computer and just like, if only I could just get the courage up to just accept the fact that this is the way that my life is supposed to be, that I'm supposed to be fat and miserable like the rest of my relatives um, for the rest of my life. And I just, there was a part of me that really couldn't accept that. But um, fortunately, I had just a tiny bit of hope. Uh, But when it came to the idea of actually putting down the food, uh, you know, that was what sent me out of the room. The first time I ever came in was the idea of putting down those binge and trigger foods. Um, It's like I didn't want to live without them. I mean, I needed those to survive. And um, the other memory is uh, last year, um, just, you know, in the middle of my relapse and just thinking, I'm not really a compulsive overeater. Nothing's bothering me. But, again, I was, like, in the middle of all the food. I had all this food to, like, numb me out. And, um, you know, I was so afraid of letting go of the food. And today I'm just so incredibly grateful that I was able to let go of the food, that I had the courage to just try one day living in abstinence. And, um, you know, each each day is uh, is better you know, the further away I get from the food, um, my life isn't better. I mean, it seems a heck of a lot better, but there's still a lot of problems that are going on. Um, But today I have the tools, um, meaning the steps, not necessarily the tools, but um, the steps that I use to work this work this program and um, just live a way of life today. Thank you. That is um, just amazing to me. And I look back and I just can't believe that this is my life. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you, Christina L. Okay, Susan S.H., you're up, followed by Chaya P. Good morning. This is Susan S.H. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Ohio, happily vacationing in Florida, sitting in my car. Um, What's stuck with me and, and reminded me how I felt so often, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. Others get no repercussions. They get cookies and I don't. And it felt like bullshit. And self-pity and resentment was where I lived. I lived there so much. And I'm here because I need to be. I am here among people that understand that the self-pity, the utter, oh, this is so unfair. You are my people, and we share this difference from normal people. And it reminds me that I am not today, and I will not become a normal eater. Lack of power is my dilemma, but I have directions. The steps are my directions to access power. And for the directions and being able to share that with others, I am constantly grateful. May I return and access the power and love every day. May I go to my higher power and gratefully do his will today. Um, I am kind of reminded that uh, I have to discard my rights on page 420 as well as my expectations 
my rights, my cookies, by asking myself, how important is it really? How important is it compared to my serenity, my emotional sobriety? My serenity, my emotional sobriety is the most important thing. And I must, you know, I get a daily reprieve and it's a miracle. I don't have to spend all my time looking at what others can eat, comparing and coming up short. Um, I'm grateful for this place to come and share and be a part of. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Susan S.H. Chaya P. will share next, and then I'll take some more names. Chaya, go right ahead. Hi, everybody. This is Chaya P. I'm a very, very grateful recover compulsive reader, bulimic, and restrictor, and I live in Colorado. Um, thank you so much, Nancy, for moderating the meeting, and thanks to everybody who shared. And I just want to welcome anyone who's new on this line. This is a, a admit-yourself club, self-admission internally that we belong and then you're in. Um, I really appreciate this paragraph. I, um, I've said this many times that I had a friend in program many years ago who said, my father was dry for 19 years. Thank God he finally drank because he was dry without the benefit of the steps. He was sober, quote-unquote, he was dry. He did not drink, but he was uh, restless, irritable, and discontent all the time because he did not have a sufficient substitute that the big book talks about um, for what the ease and comfort that alcohol brought him and that food and food behaviors brought me. And, um, yeah, like, as it's been said a bit, that the food was my solution, which I didn't realize when I got here because when I got here, I was so beaten that it seemed like food was really the problem. But the truth is, is the problem was that I didn't have access to a power that really could help me with my restlessness, irritable, irritability, and discontent in this. And I have found over the years that the only thing, the only thing that can do that is a relationship with a power greater than myself, which I had to come to believe in. I did not come to this program with a conception of a higher power. So that is something that I had to start small, like the book talks about. And um, and I'm so grateful. And just to say that, you know, I've had experience in my time in a way where I was dry, right? And um, that is not pretty, let me tell you. In fact, this last time that I went through the steps with a really incredible um, woman who guided me in such a loving and informational way, um, I was abstinent, but I was restless, irritable, and discontent. And I'm not anymore. I'm so grateful for that. And I'm just grateful to be here today. Thank you so much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Chaya P. Okay, um, we're going to take some more numbers now, more names now, but I just want to remind everybody where we are. We're on page XXVIII, that's um, Roman numeral number 28, the fourth paragraph, beginning with, to them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one, reading only two sentences, ending with drinks which they see, whoops, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. Um, who else would like to share on these two, par- these two sentences? Janine J. 
Janine J. Rosie W. Gracie. And then there was somebody in between. Rosie there. W. Kristen H. Rosie. Belinda. And who was before Belinda? Kristen H. Kristen H. Anita J. Anita J. Uh, I think that we'll stop there for now because that's Sharon the people. Sharon If we have enough time, Sharon, we'll okay. pick you up. If not, you can go in the second hour. Okay. Uh, Janine J., please uh, go ahead. Morning, everybody. It's Janine J. from Maryland. Very happy to be on the meeting. Thank you for your service, Nancy. Um, these two sentences are great. Um, certainly, I know I was restless, irritable, and discontent without my alcoholic foods, and it isn't. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Um, I sang for many, many years, and that was a, certainly a release for me. And then, when I was not able to do that for medical reasons, um, the the food was really calling more and more because of not having that emotional outlet, that emotional release. So until I really had a spiritual awakening more deeply, I was a mess. I was just a mess. Um, Went through a divorce, had gone through a couple cancer experiences, fortunately in remission now, but um, it was just really a roller coaster ride. So knowing that uh, you know, this is just not pretty when you're in the throes of the food, and I'm just so grateful to have this meeting in the mornings when I do my stretches and uh, just have all of you there, and I know you're there. It's just uh, really amazing. I know my husband used to get it and go to his 7 a.m. meeting for AA, and I thought, why do you go every day? What is your deal? But I can sure appreciate it now. Um, He's deceased in 2014, so I've had a lot of challenges in my life, but, you know, my higher power, whom I call God, is seeing me through. And for me, this is a very um, powerful week in my religious tradition, so... I'm just grateful to be on the line, and I appreciate you all being here, and um, have a blessed day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Janine J. from Maryland. Rosie W., and please tell us where you're from. Hi, this is Rosie W., compulsive overeater in the UK. Um, Thank you, Nancy, and everyone else who's doing service on this line, and thank you so much for the shares today. I've just... I'm getting so much from them. Um, My attention this afternoon was drawn to um, the two words at once. And it made me smile, actually, because um, I have a real disease. You know, everything about my ism (laughs) centers around at once. I want relief from my feelings at once. And, um, you know, when I have feelings that I don't want these days, my course of action is to pray, to do a step 10, to share it with somebody and then to pray and, you know, ask God to remove, you know, whatever fear is going on and direct God's attention to what they would have me be. And, um, 
nine times out of 10, the response I get is, I know, Rosie, I know. Could you possibly just be in these, in these feelings with me or in this situation with me for a little while? Because I'm here. And, um, and then I need to sit with that feeling for a while. I need to actually experience it. Why would I do that when I could eat a bar of chocolate and feel okay at once? And, um, you know, as was shared yesterday, I don't even need to have it in my mouth. I just need to know that it's imminent for things to just calm down immediately. And everything about my disease is about avoiding discomfort. When I inventory anything, it will always boil down to the fact that I do not want to experience discomfort. If something difficult happens, I can't stand it. And that's not because of the thing itself. It's because of the feelings I'm having about the thing. And then the feelings that I'm having about my feelings. I'm really frightened of feelings. Um, I grew up in an incredibly loving household but my my needs weren't met and I you know and I I didn't feel safe and as a result I never really had an education in how to deal with feelings and so here I am a 42 year old adult and I need to work the 12 steps every single day to be able to tolerate feelings and there are still days where I just don't want to and I want to do something else I want to get online I want to buy something I want to gossip. I want to intrigue. You know, there are still times where I want to do anything rather than feel my feelings and trust, above all, trust that God is going to be enough to help me cope with them. Um, so with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Rosie W. from the UK. Gracie W., I need to know where you're from in Europe. Gracie W., press star one. With my, I think maybe my ears were broken. Okay, we'll go on to Kristen H. Kristen, I believe, from Texas. Hi, this is Kristen H., compulsive overeater from Houston, Texas. Um, I've always loved this line um, about that our the lives only seem like the only normal ones because I had to learn so many things that I that I had to learn that so many things I thought I knew weren't normal from the fact that I thought that everyone wanted to eat like me, they just had better willpower. I believed that with every fiber of my being and that if I could just find the willpower, then I would be able to be thin, then I would be able to stop eating and stop being obsessed with food. And I I chased that idea, I chased it and I chased it and I came up with plans and designs. But this program is about so much more than the food because I also had to learn unlearn things that I was taught, like anger and love are the same thing, that if you express anger while you're in love, that means you're more in love. I had to unlearn gossiping. I had to unlearn um, nitpicking at people. I had to unlearn being unkind to myself. I had I lived in this reality that had been twisted and disordered, just distorted by not only the way I grew up, but also the disease that I had. You know, I lived for years with an eating disorder. I just, I didn't know how to be. And I lived for years with an addiction and I didn't know how to be. I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to be comfortable with myself. And unlearning that, unlearning not just the food, but the rest of the lies in my life by using the 12 steps and finding my higher power is one of the greatest gifts of this program. Because not only do I not have to live in the food anymore, but I don't have to live in those character defects. I don't have to live in those lies. And that, to me, is one of the greatest gifts of the program. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Kristen H. Belinda, I need your last initial and where you're from. I'm Belinda C. And I'm from the Bronx, New York, compulsive overeater. Okay, Belinda, go right ahead. Um, I tell you, I got so much from these shares today. I was just sitting back and listening and very grateful. Um, I've been to OA before, but never with the big book. And when I was told that this group studies with the big book, <clears throat> I said, I'm going to check them out. Yesterday was my first meeting. Um, I have a class this morning, so I said I'll come to the 7 o'clock once I don't miss these wonderful shares. And, you know, the irritability. Mm. You know, I didn't even, the tape started playing back for me while everybody was sharing. And the day that I knew that I needed help was the day that my home attendant bought a cake for her birthday. And, like, 11 o'clock at night, I woke up and I put my bar stool to my dining room table next to the cake, and I took a spoon and I just started eating it. And I felt so soothing. But like was said before, I was, you know, I have to pay attention to the ism. You know, I have to pay attention to how I'm feeling uh, before I get that. I've always had... I have a compulsive behavior to any to anything like the alcohol, the food, and I didn't realize it until that day that I needed help. But coming here for two days, I'm just seeing, you know, I have to remember I just have today. You know, I, I don't have to worry about yesterday, just today. And that relieves some of my anxiety, um, just knowing that, you know, yesterday I went to the 10 o'clock meeting. I got so much support. So many people called me, and it was like, wow. And I'm just grateful to be here. And um, I got a long journey, but I have a lot of good people to take that journey with me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Belinda C. from New York. Anita J. from Massachusetts. Go right ahead. Thank you, Nancy. Um, this is Anita J. from, as you said, you know where I'm from, Massachusetts. Uh, you know, this sentence, this bit could be broken down even more, but the thing that's um, hitting me is um, seeing what other people can do. How come they can do it? How come? And I try to measure myself by people that don't have the addiction. I mean, it's, it's it's all when you, when you clear yourself, when you get the spiritual awakening and you look back at your behavior. But the thing was, I had a reason. I couldn't stand feeling. I just was a nervous wreck. I was always nervous. I don't think I came out of the womb nervous. But circumstances turned me into a jittering, you know, whatever. And... um so I would have that for a second, as it says, just for a moment. You get the uh, sense of all is well, but consider what followed it. But I couldn't consider what followed it, which is then the guilt, the shame, and the remorse. And then I'd have to eat to kill the 
guilt, shame, and remorse, which didn't work, but it did knock me out, and I'd go to bed. And then the next day, repeated until finally I didn't. And that can happen for all of us. Some of us quickly and some of us slowly, but um, it's there. It's there for everybody. Whatever the, the addiction, that's what I like about this big book now that I understand it. There's no difference. And um, we're all one on that road. And with that, I pass. Okay. Thank you, Anita J. Um, Sharon C., we have just enough time to take you. Go right ahead. Hello, this is Sharon C. in Kentucky. Restless, irritable, and discontented. This is how my life was and occasionally still is. And I know that it's my addiction, my illness, my lack of going to God when I needed to. And it is the place, going to God, is the place where I am able to get rid of wristlet, rid, to get rid of rid. (laughs) And I can't tell you how much ease and comfort I get from my higher power. And I hope that anybody who's new is listening will stay around for the next hour and we'll Stick with the program because these 12 steps are for real. They changed my life. They changed my disposition. They changed everything about me. I'm a different person now. And when I finally met my higher power, I started finding ease and comfort. So I hope that you'll all have a good and blessed day. This is a very holy week. and. Um, Stay in touch with your higher power. Thank you. This is Sharon Coomer in Kentucky. I'm a sponsor. Passing. Thank you, Sharon C. We have one minute if anybody wants to take a quick a quick share. Lauren N. from New York. Okay. Go ahead, Lauren, for one minute. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everyone. Um, Lauren N. from New York. I've been and I needed to tell everyone. I am thankfully back and uh, praying that this is the last relapse I go through. Thank you all for being here and remembering that and for reminding me that there's a better, easier, softer way. With that, I pass. Okay, thank you, Lauren, and welcome back. Um, I guess I won't bother with these 30 seconds that we have left, but um, okay, let me get back to the format here. Um, So Lauren will take us out, and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, April 13th, is 18,834. That's 18834. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only up until and keep you until then. Lisa? 
Thank you, Nancy. Lisa H. here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.